Hello sweet souls, I am Lucy Victoria Jackson and this is a brand new podcast. It is my honour to welcome you to Root and Rise with Lucy. My aim with this podcast is to create a safe space to explore something that can often feel daunting, investing in your wellness. I am so humbled by the response to our first couple of episodes. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened and shared their feedback so far. This week, we got the news that we're now approved on Apple Podcasts too. So please do make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, share if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Every time you do, it makes us that little bit more visible to others. In this episode, I chat to yoga teacher and founder of Your Wellness Matters, Lynette Greenaway. Lynette is a weaver of words. The way she describes her journey, the way she writes, the way she speaks, she just has such a skill for conveying her sentiments and her wisdom. You'll hear that in this conversation as she speaks with such consideration. There is absolutely no fluff, just truth and honesty. Today we speak about Lynette's experience as a black woman in the wellness space, how we can make wellness and yoga more inclusive and more accessible for everyone, her journey as a young girl growing up in London and the wellness values instilled in her from a young age. How when one door closes, another opens. We speak about women's circles and the art of holding space, creating strong boundaries and why this is important for your overall well-being. For me, there are so many takeaways from this conversation, both personally and professionally. And it has come in a week where we hear the news about the murder of yet another black person, George Floyd. He was accused of something that he didn't even do. He was arrested. He was unarmed. A white police officer knelt on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. For almost three of these minutes, he was unresponsive. He was heard by bystanders saying, I can't breathe. And later in hospital, he died. The arresting officer has been charged with third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. Yoga teaches us, and my goodness, just being a human being should teach us, that we are all one. We are all connected. There is no separation between us. I am you and you are me. But the reality is, as a white woman... My experience is all too different from those experiences had by people of colour. Speaking in terms of the yoga and wellness world, I can walk into a yoga studio and everyone looks like me. I open a yoga magazine and most people look like me. I can search on Instagram hashtag yoga and most of the pictures are representative of me. And Lynette is super inspiring because she didn't let the discomfort or the feeling of otherness stop her from entering into and staying in those wellness spaces. She committed to her wellness regardless, but she should not have to be inspiring in that way. It should be that wellness is accessible and welcoming to all. She should be inspiring and is inspiring for her way with words, for the way she makes people feel, for the way she holds space, not just for showing up to something that is her right 
to feel well and healthy and welcomed. So please settle in. This conversation is rich. It is needed and it is full of wonderful wellness tips from Lynette, who is here to show you that your wellness, no matter who you are or where you are from, matters. And don't forget that at the end, I will be guiding you through a lovely little meditation. Today, I thought the meta meditation or sharing of good wishes to all beings would be a great one to complement our chat. So here we are, introducing Lynette Greenaway. Welcome to Root and Rise with Lucy. Lynette, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Lucy. And thank you for inviting me. I am very well today. Good. I, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. And it's been a very manageable morning so far. Good, good. Now, I know at the beginning of lockdown, like many people out there, you kind of almost felt like you'd been a bit jolted into some strange alternate reality. Um, but now you've kind of settled into a nice pace and you've kind of navigated your way through. So how has this whole experience of the last few weeks been for you and, and how are you doing now? Um, I think that the last few weeks have been interesting and and I think I've had to make some real honest reflections, really. It's given me the time, or the lockdown certainly has, mm. uh, to think about things. Um, so, And I think often you start with yourself. So thinking about where I was, and one of the first realisations for me in the lockdown was that I didn't appreciate nor realise how tired I was mm -hmm. <laughs> until I had to stop. <laughs> So if you think about we're coming into the we were coming into the lockdown of a more stringent nature from the beginning of mid mid March. So I was working flat out right up until the end of February. So the whole of the winter, in fact. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing was just recognizing how tired I was and looking back at how how much charging around I did. Yes. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think a lot of you know a lot of us have had the time to think about that and some of, I mean it was ceaseless charging it wasn't one day here you know like ceaseless charging from one place to the next and to put that into context it was as a teacher of yoga it was going from one class to the next one venue to the next you know what you know just just going and going and going yeah so that was the first thing I was you know I was tired so yeah I was trying to balance that tiredness, which my body was like, okay, please stop now. You have to stop. But also my mind was in a little bit of a spin because it, it felt like it happened really quickly that suddenly you were teaching one day and then the next day I wasn't. So, yes. and knowing, and, and, and very early stages, not knowing what I was going to do. So I was trying to process like everybody else and trying to find my rhythm. And that took, about three weeks I think you know several weeks mm -hmm. of recognizing not just my own personal context but what was happening locally what was happening nationally you know and and globally it it was heavy you know it was a lot to you know so I walked you know I was walking around my house for two weeks just not doing anything just looking around yes. like <laughs> what, what is going just, on yeah yeah like you think you know and then you know if you could picture like a visual like just like you're just glued to the screen you know so my news intake like it, it went up I was just glued like every bulletin every every 
broadcast. I was glued to the screen for the first two weeks. You know, what was happening with the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. as well as recognising I wasn't going to work. So that was my initial thing, moving around and work, you know, like the house, just not knowing. <laughs> and then, you know, things started to change. The landscape started to change because there were expectations. Suddenly you're not working and suddenly there were calls for me to do work. And as you know, everybody, there was this thing like you've got to move yourself, everything that you did before that you invested in to put it now online, whether you yes. had experience or not. So the first few weeks I was like, no, nah, I was a bit like, I'm not doing anything. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, the fatigue just carried on, but I was slowly, I was sort I don't know if you could be this, but I was, I was tired but glad of the rest, but also mindful that I wasn't going to just propel myself out there and I was going to sit back. So that was my first thing. Like, I'm going to sit back here with my arms folded, you know, and (laughs) and see what was going on around, like see who was doing what and who wanted what. And, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I just needed time to feel. So, you know, I didn't do anything for several weeks. So. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for sharing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think the reflections have to be honest, don't they? You, it's definitely. difficult to see what you're doing while you're doing it. And so for that sure. time like, everybody else helps people to think about your work. And as the time went on, not only if you should still continue to do it, but who you should be doing the work with. With, yes, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's let's open up this conversation a little more then. Sure. I would love to begin by reading something back to you that you actually wrote on your own Facebook page, Your Wellness Matters. And it was written yeah. last October, so it's still quite fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, when I first read these words, they just hit me straight in the heart. So I wanted to kind of begin here as a springboard into right. your personal story with yoga and with wellness. Um, okay. So this, these are your your own words, my lovely. I was born into a legacy of self-care. My wellness comes from a space of love, encouragement, and inclusiveness. Wellness is my lifeline. If my cup is empty, then I simply cannot give. So it is my duty to ensure that I am prioritizing my self-care in order to sustain myself and my work. Wellness can be, and often is, a very whitewashed space, and it is of utmost importance that Black women, women of colour, our perspectives, challenges, and our wisdom are included in the wellness community, so we feel sufficiently safe to partake. I firmly believe that Black women's healing has and will continue to lead revolutions, not only for our own personal and ancestral healing, but for the collective. Oh, my goodness. Where do we start with that? That, As I say, when I first read that, it just, yeah, it just hit Mm -hmm. me straight in the heart. And there is some great stuff about boundaries and building those and kind of wellness there. And I'd I'd love to come back to that later. But maybe let's let's dive in deeper with, you know, your journey with wellness and particularly your experience as a black woman in the wellness space, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us. Not at all. Um, I mean, firstly, Lucy, thank you for for um, bringing my sentiments and and that of many other women of colour to light. Yeah, that those were my sentiments back um, that last autumn. So I mm-hmm. don't write that. We did, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, um, October. 
And so, yeah, and after you read that, you kind of let like a sigh out. So that that's my reality <laughs> every, every time. And then to hear it back, um, it does it does begin to, you know, crystal, uh, crystallize things. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but thank you. And thank you for doing that. I mean, you know, it's research. And I, and I think um, to start off with, um, you just reading that, I think, can help think about what we need to do you know like about our own you know complicity in holding up this culture of exclusion and and separation Uh, and so we all need to think about that because there is a wellness gap you know for for people of color um and so I've been holding that energy and that reality for for a long time and but just there are just a number of things that was happening in and around my life at that time, I just felt I had to just finally say it um, and be brave about, about doing so because mm-hmm. what tends to happen when you speak out about those personal experiences as a woman of colour, as a black woman, you get people trying to explain it away who are not, you know, of colour. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. So, you, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a response that's not always helpful and sometimes quite often people don't know what to or how to to manage that. Like you know, when you read it, it's powerful, it's heavy, and it it's ever so real. But but that's you know that's that's been my experience. Um, Your life and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. exclusion and separation. But 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 not totally. So um, if you there there have been many spaces places where I felt welcomed, where you know where I've been acknowledged of who I am and you know what I do and there are other times when that doesn't happen so it's not totally that way but if you want to look at yoga for the most part uh that that has been my experience largely wellness Mm. in, in wellness spaces so and you know that there are little snippets in my life where where I haven't felt included um and felt separate or I've been the only one you know for for various reasons but but so yeah it's heavy you know but it's also it's my reality but one of the things that hits me every time about that is what I was born into and it is about the self-care and you know I said I was born into that legacy and I think about my mum and my mum's mum and all the women, not that the men weren't caring, but, but all the women in my family um, typically, you know, historically took charge and, and cared and, and found and taught me how, how to not just care for myself, but, you know, to care for others and, you know, what it's like to, to, to be a human being um, mm. and to support Can other you... people. So that first thing, yeah, that's, I was born into caring. So, um what specific tools did they give you then when you were younger? Can you remember any specific ones? Um, I think, I mean, growing up in, 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 in London, I think the first thing was, was to, was to make sure that you were okay first, you know, so you did, you know, you took care. Mm. I mean, some of those things are very basic, you know, from, you know, eating well and getting up and, you know, getting ready for school, you know, depending where I was in my life, but it was about, um, taking care of yourself first so that can put you in a better position to consider other people so it was also about consideration care for yourself first and then when you're done 
there's something in your day about my family. Like, have you checked on that person? Have you thought about someone else? So essentially it wasn't just thinking about yourself. Mm. And that stayed with me, you know, growing up um, with siblings and, and extended family. But that's actually really powerful, encouraging you to actually look after yourself first. Because I think yeah. women, women more generally, actually, were, were almost taught the opposite. You know, let's care yeah. about what everyone else is doing. Let's kind of put yeah. ourselves bo- bottom of yeah. the car. So actually, yeah. what, what an amazing tool for them to have given you from a young age. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, 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 didn't, it didn't always pan out that way, I have to, to say. because Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, culturally, when, when you got up, it was more like, you know, it was like your basic hygiene, like you've cleared, you know, you've washed and you've got ready. Then the rest of your time was spent on what's going on in the house. You have to shop, you have to do stuff for everybody else. You know, mm. you, once you've got yourself ready, the rest of your day and, and pretty much life was dedicated to, to supporting other people and caring for other people. You couldn't just go around, you know, in our family, just thinking about what you wanted. It just didn't, it just, yeah. it just didn't, didn't go. It didn't, my mum wasn't buying, a, you know, a bar of that. Mm, no. So, <laughs> so, um, but you're right though, Lucy, because it hasn't changed. Like typically as women, even now, some of those things we put ourselves before others and we keep doing that. And mm. so you're kind of out story really and then maybe you like you to become an afterthought and that's not a criticism I just think that ancestrally you know yes. that's what you did that you got up and you thought right who you know and you can translate that to modern day we, we still do that we still put ourselves first you know and then given days you know my the students will come first you know my partner will come first you know family and then I'm oh yeah I realized I haven't done this for myself today or for a while so even though I had that early, early um, upbringing and raising of those sorts of values, it often got moved, you know, got shifted, you know, over yes, time. Over yeah. the years, you know, things changed. And and you, am I right in thinking you you had a, a career in caring first before yoga? Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah, saw professional I had. <laughs> yeah, you can call it that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah before I became a yoga teacher don't want to go too far back but I was working in health and social care so I had a remit for a very special team of people who were responsible for caring for people in their own homes in a hospital setting towards the end of their lives um, and in different ways along that journey for older people so that was my job mm. and I did that for 20 plus years wow goodness me and so yeah. so how did how did you go from that world to the yoga world then what was your kind of your journey there oh interesting so my ent- my entry into practicing yoga so I had to I had like a full start you know for want of a better description <laughs> <laughs> so one day my local gym was just running a, a yoga class and I decided to go um and this was probably about 10 years before I actually became a teacher. Wow. Or, you know, started practicing t- seriously. So I went to a class one day and I can remember distinctly because I, I couldn't really get into it. it. I don't remember doing any movement. I just remember the teacher telling us to imagine we were somewhere really beautiful. <laughs> uh, which, living in the heart of London, East London, was a bit of an ask, actually. That, that yeah. was... That. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I mean, we moved around a little bit. It was a, it's a very visual practice. I remember coming out going, no, you know. So my first experience wasn't altogether, it didn't suit me at that time. It just didn't work for me. I didn't, I wasn't held by it in any way. And I struggled, you know, in the heart of East London to imagine I was on, you know, some, some beach on in a the beach Caribbean. or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very visual practice. I remember that much. And then many, many years later, I, uh, when I moved to to Reading, actually, um, a colleague of mine said, oh, there's a new studio opening. And actually, no, prior to that, I was looking in a magazine and saw this write-up about hot yoga. So, you know, back in, in, the, in the 90s there. 90s. Mm. So I decided to go to that class and I, you know, read up about it. And, yeah, that was a revelation. <laughs> and so I continued to go to this hot yoga. So, so my my first experience was it was very superficial. I was curious about yes. what it was about, um, and um, and I don't mean that in a you know it doesn't matter. I think how you come into yoga, people come for all sorts no, of reasons. They come for all sorts. Yeah. So there's no yeah. judgments placed, but I'm just validating my own. It was just more curiosity. So um, that carried on. I kind of dipped in and out of the yoga classes. And then when I left London, moved to, to Reading, I uh, was also told about a class that was going on, a new studio that was opening. And I just joined it. It was my local studio at the time. Uh, and I started to feel really different. I would go to a class and at the end feel so different but not know what was going on. And never really explored it, and it just kept going and kept going for years and years and years. Mm. <laughs> and so my practice, mm. I just kept practicing, practicing. And at the time, I decided I wanted to, to teach. I had been practicing for about ten years. So what propelled me from practitioner to teacher was uh, a, an event that happened in my life, and I was made redundant. Um, okay. Yeah, from a from a job uh, which I thought was had been unfair I was unfairly right, treated okay. in that, incident, but that was a whole separate thing but uh I was made redundant and during that time of redundancy when I'd left the job I had all this time on my hands another period of time actually when you think about it and that was the only <laughs> thing that made sense to me I was going to yoga every day sometimes twice a day because in between that I was sending my CV everywhere and I was getting lots of discussions and people were interested in my CV and then, you know, I wasn't getting very far and I'd go to interviews and it was, yeah, you're good, but, you know, there was always a but. And, <laughs> but the yes. yoga was making sense, Lucy. So I, that, and when I was practicing during that time, and again, it's the only thing that made sense to me, everything else just seemed so like pointless. Um, I remember laying there thinking, I need to share this somehow. Um, wouldn't it be something if I could get people to feel this experience that I'm feeling because I'm starting to feel differently about myself and the view of the world. And that's how I decided I wanted to become a teacher. Well, there's that, that classic phrase of one door <laughs> closes, another one opens. And I, I yeah. 100% believe that you were 
put on this earth to hold space for people in the way that you're doing. So, you know, all of those no's were just leading you to the right path. It's so hard, right? Yeah. Though, when you're, you're getting all that rejection and you're <laughs> just thinking, you know, yeah, what, what is it about me? Because yeah, because mm. when I when I was kind of first starting off on my career, I mean, this is going to make you laugh in that, but I really was desperate to work work for Vogue. It was like my dream to work for Vogue, and I put in so oh, many different applications. I, I know, yeah. and no, but but you know, I I applied I think three, four, five times, and um, every time it was like, no, you know, you're good, but as you say, there was always a but. And now mm -hmm. it's just hilarious because I couldn't imagine anything worse than working <laughs> for some kind of fashion magazine. I just yeah. think that would be my work. So, you know, it, it, it is interesting because you look back and again, it's hard to see. Um, it's difficult to see what, what you're doing, you know, whilst you're in this thing, like I want to do this. And then time moves on and then you, you, you know, your viewpoints change and you, you know, you, you move on and, and your experiences, you know, you, you start changing your views. But yeah, at that time, I mean, I'd, I'd, I would, had already people saying, oh, you know, why are you still looking for more, you know, extra work? Cause I'd, I'd, I was a senior manager at the point at which I got made redundant, but you know, I was still determined to keep going and to do the work that I felt I was kind of, you know, inverted commas cut out for. And, um, mm. Um, you know, managing, you know, large teams of people and leadership was, was, was it my thing. I felt that I was really good at doing it. Um, so, but now, you know, even, even I think a few months ago, somebody emailed me and said, you know, do you, are you still looking for work? Do you, you know, do you want to head a department? I was like, what? Those words. I see it's still out there. You know, is it still doing the rounds? You know, it feels like archaic you know, like a relic, my CV. And she said, oh, yeah, we've got your CV in that, you know. and you know, That's you know, another life, isn't it? Very impressive. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. So yeah. so that's how I came into it. It wasn't that straightforward. I still did some consultancy work, and then I started to do teacher training. So the path, you know, with these things are not necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a straight one. But I ended yes. up qualifying to become a teacher from the period of being made redundant in 2010. I became qualified in 2012. Amazing. So you've been teaching yeah, eight years now. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, and just kind of dipping back to, you touched upon your experience in the yoga world as a black mm -hmm. woman, not always feeling welcome there. Would you mind diving yeah. a little deeper into that? Cause I, you know, that makes me quite, upset and quite angry to be honest because for me it's that it, it should yeah. be available to everyone you know the whole concept is oneness so um yeah if you wouldn't mind diving into that I would be so grateful well yeah sure of course I mean one of the first things that I, that I want to say to that is is that well um you know <laughs> wellness is for everybody you know it it's for everyone, you know, it isn't, mm -hmm. it, I mean, I think I mentioned that, you know, a lot of the spaces are whitewashed and, and, and I don't, it's, that's just my reality. I'd go into somewhere and I would never see anybody who, you know, who even looked like me, who, who I never saw anyone that was like older than me. I never saw anybody, so just to extend it in terms of the spaces, I never saw anyone mm who had a, like a larger body or somebody who mm -hmm. wasn't as able-bodied, you know. Um, 
And I never felt, you know, always comfortable. But I tried to do, you know, I'm here to practice or, you know, um, which is in the early stages. And, you know, you drop into your body, you try to, but it's, it's always noticeable. But I've just mm. developed this way of just acknowledging it and then continuing to move on. Um, so, and that still happens. I mean, you only got to, if you press yoga, you go on to online and you you look at social media, you look at some of the yoga, uh, the studios. I mean, there's one or two notable exceptions, I have to say. And one of the places yes. where I teach, I was shocked when you go on their website, you see me on there. And when I saw that, like I took a breath because that's never happened to me. I've never, mm. you know, you'd have to scroll down, you know, and find me at the bottom somewhere or at the back, you know. And I know when I talk to my colleagues, you know, my friends, my peers, you know, they don't feature, you know, on the media. They don't feature, you know, in in on their websites fully. You know, they're, they're, if there's any posts that are done, they don't feature. It's always someone else, you know, who's, mm. you know, who's white. So, um, you know, but then you, you you find your own perspective. You try and find your wisdom in it and look at what you're there to do. So there's a personal response to it. And my personal response is to just, I've come to practice and I deserve to be in this space. And quite mm-hmm. often I don't like, even sometimes I leave there again, I, I didn't really like being in that space because the teacher would then teach a class or acknowledge me or, or not acknowledge me or come over to me and not go over to anybody else you know there's always this feeling of not feeling that I was you know um not welcome but just like everybody else you know like I want to be treated for you know the same as the same attention or you know yes, the same acknowledgement yeah. not more um, not less <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean so yes yeah so that that from a professional point of view as a teacher those things haven't shifted and you have to make the decision whether you, you know, do you challenge, you know, do you come in, you do the work and then you leave, mm. you know, and quite often I come in, I do the work and I do it very well. And, and what that does for me in, in real terms, in practice terms is anyone who's in my space, I make that space inclusive for everybody. And, you do a hundred percent. <laughs> you can testify. I want people to feel that they um are, you know, they belong and that they're welcome. So I mean anyone who comes through my door, so to speak, or into my class, um feels that that, that wellness, that space is theirs and they can be who they want to be. You know, they can they you know, they can rumble along, you know, with, with their with their what's ever going on for them and not feel, you know, sort of apologetic you know in some yes, way yeah. um, and yeah. they, I want them to feel up um, and, and you know and yeah so it's it, it, so I so what I do is try and foster that sense of, of community and belonging and um and particularly for those who may have had a history of being overlooked you know it's a fundamental component of of what wellness spaces should be and what living well is should be is community and belonging everybody uh, definitely yeah yeah I was going to ask you about this because to me you are 
what I would yeah. describe as a, a space holder Jedi. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> do hold this. And I thought you might appreciate that because I rem- you remember you once called me a lightsaber and I was like, that's the coolest did, name anyone's yeah. ever called me. <laughs> so I thought you might like that Star Wars reference there. But, but for me, yeah. like, you really do you have this just... This this magic about you, you know, you just hold the space in a way that's that is inclusive, and it just feels like we're all in it together, which is so magical. So maybe if you could just offer a few tips for anyone in the position of space holding for others, you know, teachers, parents, mm-hmm. bosses, whatever position you, because we all do that in some way, you know, in our life, we all hold space in some way for other people. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking to make their space inclusive? Um. It's kind of more of the same. I mean, mm. making to make the the wellness space, whatever that is, more accessible, is teaching anyone who walks through the door about small ways that they can, you know, small tweaks that they can, and easy ways that they can adopt wellness into their lives. You know, it's not just about that sixty minute yoga class, you know, or mm. Pilates class, for instance. I mean, and anyone, regardless of money or status, can at least take a moment to check in with themselves and acknowledge yes. their feelings you know, and be aware of what causes stress and try to eliminate some of those triggers. It's not just about the the, the schedule and the timetable, you know. Um, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a place that someone who has never thought of wellness can come and feel at home. Mm. And... Um, in their own home, their, their bodies. Mm. Yeah, and and if you've got a space, make them feel comfortable, make them feel that they, they belong. And, I mean, that can take all forms other than the examples I've given. I mean, in addition, you know, like when you come into a space, you look around, you know, some of the spaces, you won't see anyone of colour up on the wall. You know, all the imagery, um, you know, is white, you know, and and, of course, you you can go into a class and 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 you know there's no class for someone who's able bodied there's no um, sorry who's got a multi um disability say for instance there's no classes mm. for them you know like there's no there's there's no there's nothing that shows um people who are older you know um mm. from different cultures it, it's just a whole range of things that i think that people who want who are holding space need to think about and as i said yeah. earlier on like what do about our own complicity in holding up this culture where where women and men of color don't feel included you know they you know holding up that culture of exclusion and separation just widens the gap you know mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely you know so you want it accessible and you want the spaces relevant to yeah, who's you know definitely. who's coming through yeah, to real yeah, people, so, to everybody. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And yeah, you just want people to feel like they have access to, you know, rituals, you know, that are based on their specific needs. That that's for me is 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 crucial. Definitely. And I know another thing that you do is hold space specifically for women in women's circles. Um, so I don't know if you know, I actually did do my women's circle training earlier this year. Um, but for anyone that's, yeah, it was amazing. I I really enjoyed it. It was, um, very eye opening. but for maybe for the uninitiated who might be listening that, you know, 
they might be sitting there going, well, what is a women's circle? And, you know, maybe you could explain what one is and why they're so important, um, you know, for the work that you do. So just thank you, Lucy, just to um, be clear. So I, I hold circles for women called sister stories and you can yes look up information. Maybe we can tag that in or, but it's sisterstories.com. And so um, sister stories is, <laughs> uh, it's a space where women can come together and, uh tell their story their truth it's where any woman can come and sit and listen and be heard mm. uh it's a space where any woman can can be held i mean literally mm -hmm. um and the women that come to my circles are curious, <laughs> you know, they, they are brave, they are courageous. And, and it's not something that, you know, it's quite secular, you know, it's not, you don't have to have any prerequisites. I hold the space tenderly, you know, but I keep mm -hmm. an eye on. So you know, there's aspects of confidentiality and the, the, the circle isn't, somewhere where you're coming if you're wanting advice because what we do is when each woman wants to speak she speaks her truth and the rest of the women listen and you know and we and we, and we don't offer advice and when that person that woman's finished speaking then the next person you know speaks so there's something quite magical about the circle how it can hold that energy of so much difference but still all the women can come together and nod and mm. feel that there's something you know that, that they have in common um yes and and the circles just help women to stop and and consider you know how they are what they want to do it just gives them space for the yes. most part lucy to to breathe yeah. and quite often women just come and sit and they don't say very much which is fine and you maybe until yes. the very end and you know so it's it's support it's community and it's for anyone who just you know, feels that they're lacking a little bit of connection, you know. Um, and I, I think there's yeah. actually real real power in holding that space for someone to talk without offering a solution. Yeah. Because I think yeah. so often, you know, when we're chatting with friends and stuff, you know, they're telling us their problems. We're already in our <laughs> mind going, okay, what advice yeah. can I give them here? Yeah. What can I oh, tell them to make absolutely. this better? It's not that. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, actually, sometimes we do just need to say, you know, this is this is not good. You know, I've messed up or this is going wrong in my life or this is going great in my life. And actually, we just need to put it out there and sit with whatever is kind of coming up and arising at that time in our life. Yeah. Because I think we've very often just been brought up in this world where it's like there's got to be a solution to any form of discomfort or there's got to be this, that and the other, you know, when actually sometimes <laughs> we just need to sit with it as we teach in yoga, you know, you just need to yeah. sit with whatever you're going through and there's there's real power in that so i think oh, indeed. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. not like you say you know when we're with our friends i mean one of the things i say when i open the space you know this is not like you know you're with your girlfriends and you go girl you know tell her to get lost or you know tell him you know, tell him. <laughs> you know it's it's so not that i mean stories you know other things that that knit that you know that that 
it's the fabric that knit our lives together. Like every woman has a story to tell, every woman. And stories surround us, they empower us, they comfort us and they deepen our sense of like compassion, which is so much needed, you know, and connection. And that's why I was drawn to, to um, facilitate spaces and circles, you know, in this way. I mean, we've been telling stories, you know, women <laughs> like it's nothing mm. new like ancestrally even now like we gather in the kitchen you know we'll sit around the fire we'll huddle you know women have been gathering for thousands stories. of years yeah. yeah and the act of telling stories is it's one of the most simple and life-affirming things and experiences that we can enjoy together as women and that's one of the reasons why i host sister stories in our facilitator and i hold our circles in in, in that way you know. mm. and it's just community yeah. as well isn't it I think community oh, is you know it's inextricably linked with our well-being actually isn't it that sense of kind of belonging to something you know yeah. and the mm. format's really simple there's no initiation <laughs> you know like yeah. there's no big ritual you know we're, we're not wailing it's not red we're not yes. it's, it's simple, <laughs> you know like yeah. uh, powerful uh, you know space that you know to receive this difference about us it, it's that's what it is it gives us that container for receiving things differently um and so yeah there's no it's real simple seriously but it's profound in its effects there's no ritual to joy and you know we don't we don't we don't ritualize whilst we're yes there. it's not woo-woo. <laughs> 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 well, you know, people want that you know they can go but for the spaces that i hold they're very, very accessible, very secular, as I said. You know, beautiful. The energy is rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, one thing I really wanted to pick your brains sure. about is mm. boundaries as well. For me, this wow. um, this yeah. is something I find really hard. I think because I was, you know, eldest child and natural born people pleaser, I, I do find it really hard to set boundaries for myself. And to me, I've kind of, I've looked at what you do sometimes and you say, you know, I, I'm sorry, I can't teach today. Um, I'm not feeling, you know, not feeling I've got the energy today. And I just respect that so much because you've obviously got very clear boundaries for yourself and you know how to, how to keep them. So what advice would you give to anyone looking to kind of get better at, at boundary setting in their life? I think I'm always low to give advice because it makes it sound like, uh, you know, I kind of, I've got it all together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got the kind of format, you know, I've got it on, on pat, but I mean, yeah. I mean, there are other things I can tell you that works for me. I mean, I've spent a lot of time doing the reverse. You know, I think you have to spend a lot of time not being in boundary, not protecting yourself and keep saying mm. yes to everything, you know, weakening yourself and, you know, saying yes to something that's the expense of you and who you are to actually turn that around, you know. I mean, but, but what I do for me, um, I, I just think, you, I just try to kind of name and know what my limits are. And I don't think you can set good boundaries if you're unsure of where you stand, you know. So true, for yourself. yeah. So, and for me, I have to tune in. I have this process, you know. I mean, it's sometimes that's on the fly. It's in the car. It's at the end of a practice. It's home for a meal, you know, when I'm taking a shower. Like, I tune into what yeah. I'm feeling. And I've come from a very, um, a family of very strong, uh, direct men and women, you know. So I can be direct, you know. I I, I was 
managing services. So you have to be, you know, you have to be direct at some point. So one of the yes, things is to be course. direct, but, but, but and, and, and give yourself permission. And the other thing that I do is I have to, you know, like you practice, you have to become a little bit more self-aware and you have to make your, your self-care a priority. But just, just one thing about the self-care, and I know that gets banded about a lot, Lucy, but, and, you know, we do have to take care of ourselves, but certainly in this, in this context now is that the self-care means nothing at this moment because so many other people are suffering. So, yeah, take care of yourself, but you also have to be part of something that's mutual and bigger and, you know, wider than who you are if self-care is to truly mm. mean anything. I just wanted to say that about the self-care in this context of lockdown. Of course, um, yeah. But but also in, in back to the boundaries is to making making your your self-care, you know, a priority. And also to seek support. That's another way for boundaries. And it can help you build mm. them and preserve better boundaries if you um can seek support, you know, talk to a friend, talk to somebody and um you know, you have to consider your past, you know, like, like what your role is in your relationships and with your family. It's a whole lot of things, really. But but that's what works for me. You know, I seek support and I try to be assertive and I start really small. <laughs> um, yes. You know, so, you know, like any new skill, assertively, you know, communicating your boundaries, it takes practice. And, um, you, you know, you can also start with a small boundary that isn't particularly threatening to you. You know, so for instance, you don't go like day one, go marching to your boss going, look, I'm doing my, I want this, you know, give me a raise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more money. Um, so I think, you know, you have to kind of build uh, your boundaries up and you may perhaps start really small and increasing, you know, so it's incremental and then you move on to more challenging boundaries, you know, and, and you know, try not to become too overwhelmed with it. But that's how, that's, you know, that kind of works for me really. So starting small, being assertive, seeking support and, you know, give yourself permission, you know, you know, the fear and the guilt and the self-doubt, doubt, you know, they're quite big potential pitfalls. Oh, um, yes, yes. You know, you know, might be fair the other person's response, you know, when you have to just put the hand up, you know, and go, no, you know. And yeah, I think, and no. but people do respect it though, don't don't they? When I think when you are clear about where you're coming from and and why yeah. you're coming from that kind of point, and yeah. you put it across in a yeah. very straightforward way, and you yeah. don't go about making excuses or you don't go like, oh, I'm sorry, but this, 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 and this. You know, I think if you're just honest, you know, I've been overdoing it. I can't mm -hmm. hold this space today, and you know, I'll 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 be back on next week. Then you know, I think people do appreciate that honesty don't they and you yeah, know and I think people clear, see through clear. it if it's just yeah clear exactly yeah clear. they're clear about where exactly. you are so I mean you're clear because you're you're communicating it and I just think it just it, there's no ambiguity people are not wondering oh, I wonder what Lynette you know I mean that as I said that's taken time I'm I'm you know quite direct and one of the other things that helps me about you know saying no like that's taken a long time, but but that word, you know, it's so liberating. Um, mm -hmm. and to tell people when you know, and I don't just mean that in the professional context, you know, um, as a teacher, etc. But but you know, you know, personally, <laughs> you know, in relationships yes. outside of um, you know, outside of work, but it's got to be done in a respectful way and let the other person know. 
in particular, you know, what's bothersome to you and, you know, and and how you can kind of work together to address it. So definitely oh amazing well Lynette (laughs) thank you so much this has been amazing I have got some quick fire questions to round us off today so there's no pressure um just kind of whatever comes to your mind so question number one what would be your top three wellness tips for including in your wellness toolkit wellness okay let's just start with the boundaries I mean boundaries are essential to healthy relationships and really yes. a healthy life so setting and sustaining boundaries is a skill um but unfortunately it's, it's one that many of us don't learn but so having healthy boundaries means knowing and understanding what your limits are that's one yeah one. <laughs> um just to finish um top uh, or oh, okay so uh, for wellness was it my, what my top three wellness tips are tips to include are, yeah yeah to include okay um okay so the other thing for me is is looking at all areas of my life that make me you know that help me to feel well so for instance looking at things more holistically um Mm. and looking at all areas of my life so i'm just going to pick out a couple um we touched on a sense of belonging. That's really helpful for my wellness. The other thing is that people don't often think about are their finances. You know, like we yes. older online now, or in an older world, previous world, we'll pop to the shop and get a nice bath soak and, you know, get all the candles out. And everything outside of that is, you know, needs tending to. So some of the wellness things is to look at all aspects, really, your finances, your bills, you know, the holistic, uh, holistic approach to address them you know all of the things that make you feel well your relationships with yourself first mm, yeah my mother father I taught l- me and with others you know I like, um, the, I like the financial one because actually <laughs> I think th- yeah. thinking from a yogi perspective you know that obviously relates to our root chakra the Muladhara, ch- Muladhara yeah. chakra uh-huh. and uh-huh. I think you know if our, if our root and our our foundations don't feel stable then it's going to be really hard to kind of build on top of that isn't it Oh, so, indeed, indeed. Yeah. I think I've probably yeah. given you like six there, but what I was saying yeah, there, that's fine. Was was to look at all all aspects of of all the things that make you feel well, you know. And there's no judgments yes. on that. And and, and yeah, to, it's not just one thing, um, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, okay. but specifically, it's you know the emotional, the mental, and the physical. Yes, energies, of course. You know what you feel in alignment with, so. And just trying to exist in the best form of yourself, you know, your fullest capacity. Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay, <laughs> question. That wasn't so quick, okay. fire, was it? But I love no, it. I'll try and be question... a bit more in the next <laughs> question, num- question number two. What is mm. the very first thing you do in the morning? Oh, on, mm. okay. First thing, seriously, I... I'm, I just give thanks. Oh, like I, and I don't mean that it's a big ceremony. I get get up and dance around the house and light lots of candles. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Some days I'm quite uh, evangelistic about it. You know, there's a ritual. You know about gratitude. We know mm. as empaths we feel that. But sometimes it's like, thank God, you know, 
Um, mm. That's the first thing I do when I wake up. I'm just like, I'm here. And You're I here. Just, Amazing. I've got another opportunity. So I'm thankful. That's what I do. Thanks. Seriously. Amazing. And the yeah. last thing at night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, last thing at night. I think it's the same thing, but to a, to a yes. greater extent. So yeah. I'm thankful for the day. And sometimes I'm not thankful for the day, depending how that went. But the lessons, yeah, less, you know, uh, the blessings. Or one of my teachers say the blessing, like bless and then lessons together. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's just, I just exhale and I'm just like, I've got through it. And hopefully I've touched somebody. I've made a difference in that day to someone. Amazing. I love that. Mm. Okay. Question number four. What is your favorite book at the moment? Oh, favorite. Mm, like something that's inspired you or opened your mind in a new way. Um, uh, well, I can tell you what I'm reading at the moment because that would take a long time, Lucy, because um, I'm, mm. I've got my life and, and physically. <laughs> but I'm reading a book called Radical Dharma. Ooh. And that, yeah, that talks a lot about love and race and liberation, radical dharma. And I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah, that's by mm. Reverend um, Angel Kyodo Williams. I can send you that if you want to. Um, and there's some some helpful people who've contributed to that. Um, but it's a oh. book to grow on. Don't don't get me wrong. It's to, it's a book that you get deep over, and you've got to partner with it. it. It's like a it's a real big journey on liberation, and yeah, <laughs> it's powerful. Mm. It's really powerful yeah. relationships, and yeah, it's about liberation for all people and our planet, and and you know above these false notions and divisions by race and color and gender and creed, etc. So that's what I'm reading at the moment, and that's inspiring me. But that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's not yeah. fluffy. Not fluffy, <laughs> no. That, no, that sounds beautiful. It's, it's rooted in love, though. <laughs> it, it is rooted in love, and um, it's, it helps you personal transformation. So it's rooted in love, so that's beautiful. Amazing. And final quickfire question. Ooh. Do you have yeah. a mantra or an intention that you live by? Lots of mantras, yeah. <laughs> intention. My intention, let's stick with because the mantras, you know, I could go on, but if I'm going to kind of be keep this succinct, uh, intention is not to waste this platform that I have been given, mm. that, has found, that I have found as a teacher, as a space holder. So um, it's just not to waste it. And I think it's um, mm. this universe has been genuine enough. You know, I've got this platform as a teacher to affect people's lives and I don't want to mm -hmm. waste for a second. So my intention is to use my platform as a teacher to get people to think and feel and, and um, become more in touch with themselves and, and their communities. I just don't want to waste my platform as a teacher. That's my intention. Yeah. I got goosebumps when you said that. That's that's really special. <laughs> it's but it's yeah, but it's not that you've been given it. You you've worked for yeah. it. You've worked hard yeah, to build that, and you've, and, you've and shown up. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Um, it's, it's a gift, and you know, uh, 
I'm trying to focus where, where need is the highest value and, um, yeah, j- j- just to affect community and to just revolutionise that in some way. I just want to m- use my work and not waste it, really, and, and yeah. help my communities for the better, really. Well, you certainly are doing that, my lovely. (laughs) So finally, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, Mm. where should we send them to? What would be the best platform to find you on? Oh, okay. So, I mean, I could send them to my website. Yeah. With the construction, but it's um, Mm yourwellnessmatters.org. Um. But yeah, you could go there. <laughs> I have uh, a Facebook page under Your Wellness Matters. You can find me also as Lynette Greenaway, just on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And my musings are there. And on Instagram as Yoga Sister, S-I-S-T-A, at Yoga yeah. Sister. Um, and just, just pop me a note there and then I can add you because I'm trying to reach people um, through through my for building up through emails i want to communicate with people offline so to speak not always on those platforms so but yeah. you can reach me there, pop, drop me a note there and then you know we, we can i can kind of send you keep you up to date with you know my thoughts you know my musings and, and my offerings for, for people um whether amazing that's retreats etc you know all the things that amazing um, all my healing tools <laughs> Yeah, in so, your toolkit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's quite a few. But there's quite a few. But yeah, I'm just trying to keep them close and help other people to keep their healing tools close, especially at this time. Anything of that keeps course. people in an agile space. Yeah. Well, Lynette, thank you so much. That was um well, yeah, so much wisdom coming through there and I'm just so grateful for being honest and for you sharing your story in a really really genuine way and not being afraid to to speak up as well so thank you so much you're so welcome and thank you for inviting me onto your podcast thank you so much you're so welcome thank you have a beautiful day my love take care thank you take care thank you bye 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 Lucy thank you So thank you once again to Lynette for sharing her wisdom and her story so graciously. As I said in the beginning, there were many takeaways for me from this conversation, a big one being that I'm even more committed now to making the spaces I hold accessible and welcoming to all. It's something I've always been conscious of, but I definitely feel I'm more equipped now after our conversation to make that even more of a reality. So Lynette asked me to make a correction on her website. The correct domain um, that is hers is lynettelovesyoga.wixsite.com. Wixsite spelt W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com. So I'll make sure that's linked alongside her Facebook and Instagram profiles in the show notes. She also asked me to share this Toni Morrison quote. If you are free, you need to free somebody else. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. And then she also had some closing words of her own that are so incredibly powerful. All people need to hold each other accountable, especially if you are complicit. Moments like this can feel really hard and impossible. Now is the time for action. 
please speak up. It matters. And once again, those words just hit me in the heart. My goodness, as I said at the beginning, she has such a way with words. So please listen to those, write them onto your heart and take them with you today. Now for our closing meditation, and for this one, you don't need to be seated. You can be walking, even driving. Of course, if you're driving, please keep your eyes open. Um, But just take a few moments to get comfortable and prepare to focus the mind. So today, as I said at the beginning, is the meditation of metta, or the meditation of sharing good wishes to others, to ourselves as well. And I really feel like this meditation has such healing power. So as I say, all you need to do is just make sure that you are ready to focus the mind. The eyes can be closed, they can be open, but just be comfortable, be peaceful, and repeat these words in your mind. I am happy. I am healthy. I am free from suffering. I am loved. Now bringing into your mind's eye the image of somebody that you deeply love and care for. And as you picture this person's face, saying these words to them in your mind with full conviction, you are happy. You are healthy. You are free from suffering. You are loved. Now bringing into your mind's eye the image of someone that maybe you don't love that much. Maybe it's someone that has hurt you who has treated you unfairly. Maybe it's someone that you don't even know from the news. And as you picture this person's face, again, saying to them in your mind with full conviction, you are happy. You are healthy. You are free from suffering. You are loved. Now we offer these sentiments to all sentient beings. And we say again in our minds with full conviction, we are happy. We are healthy. We are free from suffering. We are loved. Now this metta meditation, it can be repeated as many times as you like. Um, And I would say to focus the mind on one person at a time. But as I say, you can repeat it as many times as you like. And just remember that if you are in a position of power or privilege, do remember that, do use that for good if you can. I think we're at a time when we can all do better And we can all support one another. We are all one. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for your love, your feedback, as I said at the beginning. And I'll see you next week. Have a beautiful day.